on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, weekdays from 9 to 11, right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices, certainly in the Southeast, on college football, John Bryce with FootballScoop.com. We have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. The voice of the Blue. Raiders Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into the show. Second hour starts now. We are six minutes past the 10 o'clock hour as we bring you this Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Thank you guys for tuning in and for getting back on with us on uh, Facebook. We're going to do this in two segments from now on on Facebook as well as the podcast, mainly because we want uh, those folks who who care to listen to more regional stuff to not have to deal with the the Tennessee high school football and basketball and baseball and softball and all the other stuff that we talk about in that first hour because, well, I'm not from here and my friends don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line, right? <laughs> So, we will talk about some things that maybe they do care about in this second hour, and we share that to our Facebook pages. So, if you guys want to get in on the show, you want to talk about it, you can do that on Facebook Live. It is easy. All you have to do is comment. We can see your comments. We can throw your comments up on the screen. Everybody can see your comments, and we would love to uh, answer your questions, take your comments, and, and let folks know on the air what you have to say as... This morning, we, well, not this morning, yesterday, uh, Tennessee football hired a defensive coordinator, officially. It was, um, I guess that rounds out the majority of Josh Heupel's staff, and I'll be interested to see how it goes going forward, but Tim Banks a co-defensive coordinator at Penn State is now the defensive coordinator at Tennessee. And, Mo, I don't I don't know your thoughts on this. A, a guy that, that worked for James Franklin, um, do you think this was a, a, a positive hire? Could they have 
stuck with Kevin Steele and been in a better position? What was uh, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, I, I think there's two different thoughts. I think there's a University of Tennessee football thought, and I think there's a Josh Heupel thought. And, you know, given Kevin Steele's most recent background, I don't know if I want Kevin Steele on my staff. <laughs> I don't disagree. So, oh, man. Um, that said, I don't know a whole lot about Tim Banks. I mean, he was co-defensive coordinator at, at Penn State. This was – what, about a week or so removed from the talk that Al Washington, the linebackers coach at Ohio State, was going to be the D.C. at Tennessee. So I guess we were bound and determined to get somebody out of the Big Ten. I don't know why, but, um, you know, again, I don't know a whole lot about Tim Banks. I know Penn State hasn't been great since James Franklin got there. Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is sort of like Josh Heifel. I think the jury's going to be out on Tim Banks. Uh, I, from what well, I understand, from what I understand, Tim Banks was kind of the he was the recruiting closer. Okay. He was he was the, he was the guy that that you sent in at the end to make sure that the guy you wanted was coming to to Penn State. Now, whether or not that will be the case here. I don't know. Uh, defensively, I don't think it matters because, I, again, I, I think Josh Heupel is happy winning ball games 56 to 48. Well, you got to stop people <laughs> from getting 56 if that's the way you're going to try to win them. But, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think – like the entire University of Tennessee football situation, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. And, and this guy is not. I mean, he was co-DC. Shift change. JP announcing his presence Shift with authority, change. huh? Hey, JP. Yeah, man. Uh, where, where'd we lose everybody? Uh... We were talking about uh, Tim Banks and the closing recruiter, okay, so, so uh, he, he, that conversation. We're mm-hmm. still talking about Tim Banks. Yeah, yeah J- Jimmy's and Joe's, man. Jimmy's yep. and Joe's. And, again, like I said, you know, Mo, this is a team that gave up 27.7 points a game last year, Penn State. They gave up 328 total yards per game, which ranked, according to this, 15th in the country. Their points per game was 55th. Uh, but 27 would be great as long as you're scoring 50, right? Well, as long as you're scoring 28, uh, 29. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I um, we'll see. I and I'm I'm I don't again. I don't know anything about the guy. I couldn't pick him out of a crowd of two. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> right. I, I I don't know who you were gonna get. Again, clearly nobody. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like the idea that that Tim Banks is a guy who, you know, who comes from the background that he has as far as just being a, you know, a, a guy who's working his, his way up, just like Josh Heupel, again, like you said, it's kind of going to be one of those, the jury's out until it's not kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm just, I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm get, honestly, as long as we get through the next three years without 
the death penalty, I'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, literally at this point, like I don't even care. So pretty, pretty low bar there. <laughs> yes. It, it, the absolute lowest bar you can possibly have right now. And I'm okay with it. Just keep us off probation. <laughs> Just keep us off probation. Maybe win a couple of games. It, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't even care if we lose to, to Vandy and Kentucky and, at this point, I mean, I, I just want to. Yeah, you get do. Yeah, you I really do. don't. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, yeah. I will be. I, honestly, I mean, one, I really didn't care either way before, but, and I'll I'll be yeah, watching, and I'll be I'll be frustrated when they do dumb stuff, and I'll be frustrated when, but I mean, it's not gonna bother me either way, uh, and it, again, it hasn't bothered me in a long time, fifteen or so years. But um, I will be interested to see how how this offensive staff pulls out because Jerry Mack, running back coach, huge get, I think, for Josh Heupel, uh, just being a Memphis guy. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Tennessee needs to be able to recruit in Memphis. And and so getting somebody who's from there, hopefully, you know, ideally, theoretically, would resonate with those programs over there. I mean, Memphis puts out a boatload of talent on a year-to-year basis. Um, Philip Fulmer and his staff made a living in Memphis, and I don't know that that has necessarily been the case since that staff left. Tennessee needs to have a better presence, a bigger presence um, in Memphis, and and so hopefully that will help as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's pretty important. And then you've got Cody Burns, wide receivers coach, former. I'm excited about that. I, I mean, because that's, I that's a name. That's a name that still resonates throughout the Southeastern Conference, I think. I don't think he's far enough removed from his playing days that people don't recognize his name and, and what he did down at Auburn during his playing days. And well, so I, what he did as a coach at Auburn, I mean, he was well, a coordinator <laughs> for three years. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, my, 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 my point there is he's already been recruiting. Mm-hmm. He's been recruiting kids to play for him. Mm-hmm. So guys who may or may not care about what's going on at Auburn, they may, they may say, Hey, I'd love to go play in a high-powered offense like Josh Heupel's with with Cody Burns. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Auburn coaches, former Auburn, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice, nicely done there. Uh, Gus Malzahn's going to UCF, and he was knighted yesterday, which is probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> Did they actually? Yes the the mascot literally knighted him and that's he funny. he kneeled he knelt on the ground <laughs> that's funny it was so cringe anyway <laughs> um i thought it was an interesting hire because one ucf beat gus malzahn in the peach bowl a couple years ago but also you know it's just a, it's just a weird hire right i mean you can't judge anybody off their off their worst game or off their uh, I mean, I'm not sure that was Malzahn's worst game, but I, I think you have to look at the full body of work, and I think if you can get a guy 
who has been successful in the Southeastern Conference at Central Florida. It's a good get. I don't disagree. I, I think it's a great hire. I think he's going to be fantastic there. I think he could – I mean, I don't know if he wants to go back to major college football, but I think he could retire there and be, you know, happy. He's in Orlando. What better place to be than Middle Florida? And well, and, and here's the thing. I think after going through what he went through at Auburn, he might be ready to for a little bit of a less intensive situation. I don't disagree. I mean, I think I think he's 55 years old, and if he wants to coach 15 more years and just chill out, I think he can. I think I'd have skipped the coach in another 15 years. I mean, again, as yeah, we spoke, 20 when he left Auburn, Auburn has written him a check for 10 and a half. They're going to write him another one if they haven't already. You can be $21 million. I don't have to do another dang thing ever. <laughs> it sounds like uh, the uh, the James Gregory mm-hmm. that I was telling you about. You know how you're going to know if I win the lottery, you won't ever see no. my fat butt again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Unless I want you to. You know? I mean, coaches, but, but coaches I will love say, it. they're built different. They're built different. They need another challenge. I mean, they need that, I guess. And so, you know. And there's not it's not a bad situation. It's not like you're going into a situation where they're they were in a bad spot. I mean, this is a really good situation that he's walking into, a situation that he can be successful in immediately, and I think they're gonna be happy with it. I'd like to think so. I mean, I, I think that hypo between you know, Scott Frost and, and his departure, I, I think that there is a there's a school of thought that he underachieved there and that what he did get done, he did with the Frost players. And so I think I think Malzahn kind of goes in there with a clean slate as far as that goes. Um I think the jury is probably more out on Heifel at Tennessee than on Malzahn at Central Florida at this point. I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. So, yeah, I, I think it was a good hire. I'll be excited to see how it works out for him. Uh, I think Tim Banks is going to be an exciting hire to watch as a, as the season goes on, and hopefully he will be able to uh, bring the the closer mentality for that recruiting team. Here's my question with that. If Tim Banks is your closer – then what is your head coach doing? Well, ask James Franklin because he was the one who clearly wasn't doing anything. And and uh, that with his personality, that kind of that that sounds a little odd to me because I would have I would have thought that James Franklin is the closer. I would think that your head coach is your closer. Well, regardless, he may be. But, he he may have been part. I don't know. That's just what mm-hmm. I read. I don't know that that's yeah. true. I'm just saying that's what I read. I all I'm saying is having two. Ain't a bad thing. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> so, uh, yeah. your, your closer right. can't close them all. Most of the time. You, you, sometimes you got to have, a, uh, you know, a, um, a backup guy. So exactly. let's make it happen. Speaking of closers, we'll talk <laughs> about the Atlanta Braves closer options on the other side of the break because Mark Melanson is 
not a, not a uh, an option. So who will be the closer for the Atlanta Braves? We'll talk about that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today when we return. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today thank you guys for joining us on facebook and on wkom wzyx down in franklin county if you guys want to be part of the show you want to get your questions or opinions answered or read we would love to do that on facebook just shoot us a a comment on the facebook live as we get ready for uh talk a little bit of braves baseball we're going to talk um eddie murphy movies in the next segment it is top five tuesday so don't forget about that chris do want to uh just update uh, got the news murray county public schools are closed wednesday and thursday so just wanted to pass that along News just came down. No shocker, um, yeah. but uh, the the official word just just got uh, sent out. So just wanted to pass that along as we got it. Yeah, that one's kind of a water's wet, or in this case, water's frozen type deal. Yeah, so, right. yeah no yeah. doubt. Um, so we we know that Mark Melanson is. Gone. Charlie Culberson is gone. So many, so many of the names that we've come to love as Braves fans, which, you know, and Braves fans, again, are some of the most nostalgic fans in the world. We, we love those guys that don't really add a whole lot of value, but maybe have a, a big play now and then, like Culberson's throw to home plate from left field will probably live in infamy. Uh, in Atlanta fans' minds, but uh, he's uh, now with the Texas Rangers, and all just unfortunate that uh, that some of these guys will be gone. But some names that have popped up uh, on the Braves minor league deal rosters are certainly interesting. 
to say the least. As it appears, the Braves have signed Jason Kipnis, former All-Star, who played last year for the Chicago Cubs. He will be on a minor league deal. Uh, He is a second baseman by trade, I guess. But two-time All-Star with Cleveland in 2013 and 2015. Career 260 average. Um, and in 2019, he hit 245 with 17 homers and 65 RBIs for the the Cleveland baseball team. <laughs> uh, what uh, What do you think about this? Well, you, you've got Kipnis and you've got uh, Pablo Sandoval, better known as Panda. The Kung uh, Fu Panda. Yeah. On, um, uh, what are your thoughts here? You know, I think with with Johan Camargo as your only other um, middle infield option off the bench, it's nice to have. Um, just you know, just to take a look at him in spring training and see what he's got and where he is, and the fact that he can swing to the outfield as well helps because um, I don't know that Camargo necessarily has that flexibility. Um, you know, Sandoval is pretty much your corner infield backup. Um, may get a day at third or something like that every once in a while. But I like, you know, bringing these guys to spring training and seeing if they can help. Um, I am more concerned with the Melanson departure and what happens at the back end of the bullpen than I am with either of those guys, though, to be honest. I mean, um, I wonder what the thought process is there right now. Um, I know that Carl Edwards Jr. is also a non-roster invitee. Um, I don't think he is a closer option, but he's a he's a right-hander in a in a bullpen full of lefties. So he's gonna play a pretty significant role there. I think. So, but I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what closer looks like, especially with Melanson signed with San Diego and with Shane Green still not there. And with Will Smith being disappointing last year in a non-closer situation. And, and I know that there are probably those that will say, well, he was disappointed because he wasn't closing. You know, you're not going to, get the ball in a closing situation until you prove you can get folks out. So I, I don't know what the plan is there. I think you've got to still make a run at Shane Green, right? I mean, you just got to make a run at him. and Because otherwise your options are Will Smith and A.J. Minter. And as good as A.J. was at, in the other role as not being a closer, I, you can't go with A.J., right? You know, I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, I think I think of the options currently under contract, I think AJ Mentor is probably option one, really, just because I mean in in every role he's been in, he's been relatively successful. I, I like AJ at the back end right now, especially compared to you know Shane Green. I I think 
even as he came in a trade from Detroit as a closer, I think he really thrived in that eighth inning role and might be the best place for him in Atlanta. But, I mean, you got to, I think you got to sign him to answer your question. Yeah, see, uh, 2018. Mentor was our he, – he was the closer toward the end of the year, had 15 saves, uh, 12 holds. Uh, and in 19, he blew a couple of saves early, which lost him that role, including a game I was at <laughs> against the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> um, Those do tend to leave a mark, don't they? Yeah, I was pretty upset with that one. Um but yeah, I think Mentor is, is is a possibility. But I really like him in that eight role. I really like Mentor in the eight role. I like it. I, I like if we can make this, you know, the old uh, the old seven eight nine we had with uh, O'Flaherty, um, Johnny Venters, and Venters and Campbell. Yeah, O'Ventbrel. O'Ventbrel. I mean, Chris Martin, A.J. Mentor, Will Smith, slash Shane Green would be fantastic if, if Will Smith can come around. Now, obviously, he's he's shown that he can be a closer in the major leagues. In the major leagues, not he, in Atlanta. He, he's shown he's been, he can be. So, you know, maybe we give him that opportunity. I don't know. Uh, at this point, I'm really uh, – we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um as I look at the Atlanta Braves depth chart as per the worldwide leader, I have to I have to mention this because you're going to find this incredibly hilarious. Currently, the worldwide leader has the Atlanta Braves depth chart left fielder Ender Enciarte. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Maybe they didn't get the news. They have Marcelo Zuna as the designated hitter, which we don't have. Maybe they and, know something we don't know. Uh, I, I'm just telling maybe, you. Or maybe they don't know something we do know. I, I, I think that's short B. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's more likely. Uh, uh, Ozuna's going to start in left field, I hate to tell him. Uh, Ender and Ciarte will not see the field, if at all possible. Um, but, Okay. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. That is um, funny. They also have Ian Anderson in the four spot of the rotation hmm. uh, with Drew Smiley in the five, Charlie Morton at two, and Soroka at three with Freed as the ace. Goodness gracious. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> if, if Max I think Freed that just is, kind of speaks to the options that the Braves have there. I mean, right. <laughs> It's, it actually sounds really great. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, uh, I'm not sure Freed is the one if Soroka is healthy, but yeah. I mean, I guess from the standpoint that Freed is probably going to start your season opener. That's true. Maybe that makes him the one. That would make I, sense. Pass that. And, and, I mean, I don't. I don't know if Soroka is going to be available to start the season. So I don't think he is. He's day to day right now. I think he's going to be a month in. Uh, which I mean, if we get through April, uh, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, and and I, I 
I certainly feel like caution will be the watchword in terms of bringing Soroka back. They are, he's going to come back later rather than sooner because this is a guy who, when he's healthy, whenever he gets back, is going to be a Cy Young candidate, and the Braves aren't going to do anything to potentially mess that up. So when when he comes back, there will be no doubt that he's ready to come back. And I think that's that that's smart. I mean, yes, games in April matter just as much as the ones in August, but it's still a situation where you got to make one hundred percent sure that you're. Well, here's the deal. I mean, if you roll if you roll a rotation out there in April of Freed, Anderson, Morton. Smiley, and then some some combination of of Wright or um, Bryce, Bryce Wilson. Wilson. I, I I think you're going to win enough games in April that you're not going to be saying, "Wow, I wish we had had Soroka in April." I don't disagree. That's the problem. Is you got too many darn good pitchers. Oh oh yeah, that's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> well, can we go to a six man? Can we go to a six man? It's all a mess. You know, stranger things have happened. Can we can we package a couple of those guys and get a stick? And I know that you have said that Austin Riley is the answer at third. And he's the he's the guy that they want to be the answer at third. I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying he's the guy they're gonna give that chance to this year. Well I hope he takes advantage of it. From 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 post to wire, I hope he takes advantage of it because um, if he does, they're liable to score eight runs a game. Exactly. <laughs> if if by some if by some way the Atlanta Braves have a roster and a a lineup that looks like Acuna, Albies, Darno, Ozuna, Freddie. Dansby, and then you get production out of Riley in the seven and, hole. In all and, pa- and Pache, who we haven't seen hit at the major league level for enough to know what he's got. Jesus, dude! <laughs> I, I think Riley is the biggest question mark in that lineup. He's certainly the biggest question mark. We just we don't know what what Pache can do. Obviously, he didn't hit well in the postseason, but I mean. He also came in. I think he showed you, and he did. He didn't hit great, but I thought he had pretty good at bats. If that makes it, any sense, it, it does. Uh, he he didn't go up there and just look lost in the National League Championship Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. He drew some pretty key walks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the he fact got that, on base. So. You the know. fact that he even was able to not look like an idiot out there against, against the, the eventual World Series champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he did not look overwhelmed. So I mean, I feel like I feel like Riley is the biggest question mark in that lineup right now. And Austin, I mean, Austin didn't look bad last year. He he had he did he showed improvement with his. Uh, his slider issue. <laughs> he may have shown at a times. little bit of, 
a little bit of regress on his fastball, but I think it was because he was really focusing on that slider and thought that teams were going to be focused on throwing him the slider. I, I want to say that uh, I think last year Austin Riley, uh, he hit um, – let me see if he, if I can pull it up here real quick. He hit eight home runs, and I want to say seven of them were on sliders because they they they'd given that stat in the NLCS, and I thought that was wild. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty solid. You know, in in some of the some of the many articles that were written after Hank Aaron's death. Um, he made the comment that, you know, he was always looking off speed. He was always looking slider because nobody was going to be able to throw a fastball by him. Um, I think that's kind of a mentality that I think it's a mentality that Chipper Jones passed along to Dansby a couple of off seasons ago. And I think it's something that, um, that's someplace that Austin needs to get to. I think, reacting just let your hands work to the fastball and worry about the off-speed stuff and i think he's going to be okay but he's got to he's got to be able to to handle that slider off the plate because it's well pretty much every major leaguer does but you know he in particular has shown that he can handle a fastball and so it's it's understandable that folks are going to go off speed away to him. No doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pitchers and catchers report this week. And spring training starts March 2nd as the Braves will take on the Twins. That'll be fun. And our sister station, 103.7 FM, will have those spring training broadcasts, I think, on the weekends. Um, I think Clayton... Clayton Harris, the station manager, passed that schedule along to us here not too long ago, and I'm trying to find it. And yeah. Um, can't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. I've got it right here, but do you? Okay. Yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like they're going they're going to start broadcasts on, like you said, on the weekends. It's going to be February 27th um, against the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know if that's for sure or not, and then Sunday against the Pittsburgh Pirates on the 28th. Uh, so that's a week from, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend then. That's correct. Um, so they'll get the Orioles, the Pirates, and then you'll get the Twins on March 6th and the Red Sox on March 7th. So should be a lot of fun. Uh, schedules are subject to change. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> Aren't they all? All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we're going to give you our Top 5 Eddie Murphy movies as we get ready for Coming to America 2 coming up soon. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show. 13 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour as we are winding down this Tuesday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We appreciate you guys listening and watching on Facebook Live. We've talked about uh, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, Gus Malzahn, going to UCF. We've talked about the Braves. And, of course, we talked about high school sports in the first hour, so make sure to go back and find those podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Just search SM-TN Sports Today. All of those podcasts will bring uh, will, will be up later today. There will be three different ones, and you can listen to them at your leisure, however you would like. We would love for you to do that. Uh, on Tuesday, each and every Tuesday, we bring you our favorite top five. So whatever that may be, top five something and today we have top five eddie murphy movies and they are brought to you by our friends at mid-south five fitness locations in both columbia and franklin no better way to keep your new year's resolutions going this year than to go see our friends at mid-south five fitness so chris real quick before we get into the top five want to mention one of our um Facebook Live watcher slash listeners Tommy Bryan from the Wilson Post 2020 Tennessee Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame inductee. Um, he asked the question during our last segment: When would the Dodger talk start? Uh, I didn't can, have the heart to tell him there would be no Dodger talk. He he can call our friend Cornell uh, Knox, and they can talk all they want. <laughs> Tommy, appreciate you watching and listening, though, in all seriousness. But, yeah, um, not going to be a lot of Dodger talk. Sorry. Very little. Very little Dodger talk. All right. So, real quick, coming to America. That's coming to the numeral two because this is the sequel. It is set for release on March 5th on Amazon Prime Video. It was supposed to be a... uh, a theatrical release with Paramount Pictures, but obviously that was uh, COVID canceled. So they sold the rights to Amazon Studios, and boom, here we go. We've got uh, the sequel to the 1988 film, Coming to America with the T.O. This one will also star Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Jermaine Fowler, Tracy Morgan, Leslie Jones, Kiki Lane, Wesley Snipes, and James Earl Jones. So, lots of fun to talk about uh, this particular movie. I, I'm for one, am very excited to, to see it. Are you guys excited as I am? Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, pulling back some of that old cast and and seeing Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in particular after what they did in the first one, it'll it'll be interesting to see after 32 years, 33 years, how they reprise a lot of that. But um, promises to be funny for sure. The premise of the movie is it's set after the events of the first film where former Prince Akeem Jaffer, Eddie Murphy, is set to become king of is it Zamunda, Zamunda, right? Zamunda. Yeah. Zamunda. Zamunda. When he discovers he has a son he never knew about in America, it's a street-savvy Queens native named Lavelle, played by Jermaine Fowler, and honoring his royal father's dying wish to groom this son as the crown prince, Akeem and Arsenio Hall, will go to America once again. So, they're coming back. He's got a kid. Of course. That's that's so uh, 
21st century, right? Exactly. No doubt. So, in honor of this release, we're going to give you our top five Eddie Murphy movies, starting now. I do have an honorable mention. So do I. My honorable mention is Shrek. Okay. My honorable mention is Life. I'm. Uh, I've. I've got five. Five hardcore. Right. I'm. I'm. I'm good oh, with five. Okay. Yep. Good. I got five. I say five honorable mentions. My goodness. No. Just, no. No. I got to go to IMDb and list them all. Got a good top five. Well, all go right. ahead and start, JP. All right. Yeah. My number five. Boomerang. Have you guys seen Boomerang? Yes. Okay. All right. I got no response <laughs> there. Yeah. It, it, okay. So. I want to preface this by saying that I am uh, younger than you guys, and I haven't seen all of the older uh, okay. '80s movies. Uh, although I have seen most of the the important ones. Okay. So my well, number Boomerang five actually was a '90s movie. Again, I'm st- even still. I was very young in the '90s, JP. <laughs> I didn't go to high school until 2000. Oh goodness! Uh, <laughs> he just, he just, and he just loves reminding us. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Yep. I'm just saying, like, I need to premise this by saying that because my number five is the Nutty Professor. Okay. So, like, the the movies he did in the '90s that I remember are the goofy ones, like Daddy Daycare, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So none, none, none of none of which will show up on my list. By yep. the way, my number five yep. is Coming to America. Wow. All right. I guess he's not as excited, Chris, as you and I are about the second, the sequel. Really? If that's at number five, man. I, I think you just need to wait and see what my okay. next four are. Go ahead, JP. All right. Uh, number four for me, Beverly Hills Cop. That's a good one. That's Axel Foley. It, it, the music, the sound, providing mm-hmm. the soundtrack for this segment today, yeah. by the way. My number four is a movie that most people didn't like of his, and it's Harlem Nights. A lot of people didn't like that one. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. My number four is Trading Places. It's a good one. It is a good one. It was one of his first ones. Um, he, Dan Aykroyd, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Great movie. And, I, and I'm glad Jody finally got to see it. Jody. Yeah. Yeah. Watch that last night. Um, it is fantastic. It is yeah. fantastic. My number three, uh, Shrek. I thought uh, ah. his role as Donkey, and and honestly, probably I, if I were to pick between the Shreks, I think his role with Antonio Banderas in Shrek Two might be a little better. Uh, but you know, that was uh, kind of groundbreaking with what he did with uh, as Donkey in Shrek. In the morning, I'm making waffles. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of my favorite lines. Oh, oh it's so good. Yep. Oh, man. Okay, so my number three is, again, a movie that a lot of people, as far as, you know, critics go, will say that this is not one of his better movies. But it's probably the first Eddie Murphy movie that I ever saw. And I loved the premise of it. I thought it was hilarious. The Distinguished Gentleman. Okay. All right. My number three is 48 Hours. That's That's a solid that's a solid Eddie Murphy movie. He and Nick Nolte. Yeah. Most, most people will tell you that that is his best movie. Hmm. There's a new sheriff in town. 
<laughs> and his name is Reggie Hammond. There we go. <laughs> All, right. All right. My number two is uh, Trading Places. Maybe it's just because I saw it last night and it refreshed how, how much fun that movie is, but um, that uh, that's my number two, Trading Places. A little recentism. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, recency bias is a thing. It's no big yep. deal. My number two is Coming to America, which was Moe's number five, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, yeah mm-hmm. number five. Well, my, my, my number two is Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. That's a, it really is a good movie. It was actually on my honorable mention list, but I didn't want to have a bunch of honorable mentions. So Beverly Hills Cop and Trading Places were both uh, on my list that didn't make the top five. All right, uh, my number one. Before I do that, I guess if I did have an honorable mention, and I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure if this was technically a movie or not. I guess it could be considered, uh, but uh, Raw obviously is is fantastic. I didn't necessarily classify it as a movie, so that's why I didn't make my list. But I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, my number one, Coming to America. It's the one that I go back and I remember the most, and, and of all the Eddie Murphy movies. That's the one that I'm going to stop the most if I catch it on on TV somewhere. I saw I saw Eddie Murphy's raw routine at the Murphy Center. Oh wow! So, so he didn't see it as a movie. He saw it, you know. Yeah, exactly. The live performance. Did. All right. So, again, I'm sorry. It's 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 just because of my age. But don't don't the, give me Doctor Doolittle. The Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> the Eddie Murphy movie that I can quote. The Eddie Murphy movie that I will always stop if I see it on television, and it's the only one that I own. It's life. Life is good. It's life good. Is great. Yeah. It's good. I love that movie. It's good. My number one is Harlem Nights. And that's because you're I mean, a Richard Pryor fan like me. When you put Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, and Red Fox in the same movie, hard to beat it. Yeah. So the dialogue there, gets a little clunky, but it's still a great movie. It's still funny, as I mean, and that's the point. It was supposed to be a comedy. It wasn't supposed to be some some deep, you know, thought process movie. It was supposed to be funny, and it was. It was. It, it it accomplished that. And I don't know how you couldn't with with that. Exactly. With that bunch uh, together. So yeah, that's my number one. Good choice. Good choice. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure to vote on the Twitter poll. You can win a fifty dollar gift card to Patio West. We'll be back tomorrow on WKOM and on the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and get your podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's fine. SM-T in sports and SM-T in sports.com for all local high school and college sports news. We will be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. We appreciate you guys listening. For J.P. Plant and Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yao saying stay cool, Columbia.